And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 22nd of January, year of our Lord, 2023. I'm feeling much better now. Kind of. Stomach hurts, but we're loads better. I was not, not feeling anything good Wednesday, Thursday. Um, uh, Friday, it improved. Saturday was a good day. Uh, I got about 4,000 steps, but I've been doing a lot of little short walks and uh, I got, I, I look like I was shanked in a cell block. I got stabs all over me and uh, it's been a little more sporty than I expected. Um, I guess I'm older, which probably has a lot to do with it, but I, you know, I've only had like, I had surgeries when I was a kid, you know, tonsillitis, shit like that. But my back surgery was pretty major, and I don't remember a lot of it because I was stoned out of my gourd. Um, they had some heavy drugs for me, and I was sitting in a chair doing short walks to the bathroom, things like that. And then when my wife came home, I'd start walking. And then eventually, you know, after a week, I was moving pretty okay um, with the cane. Because I had to re, kind of rewalk, you know, get up and learn how to walk again. My back was not functioning for a very long time. Um, this one, that first morning, uh, my God in heaven, and they didn't give me pain meds. Uh, 
So basically, my my Percocet didn't do shit for me. I was in a world of I was in a world of shit. I was private pile and full metal jacket. I was not feeling good. Everything fucking hurt, and it's just goddamn drugs. So when they put you down that long, and mine was two hours, um, the nerve, the muscle relaxants, it gets into your muscles, as I've read. And you got to work it out. So even up till yesterday, my calves just didn't function. I would stand up and like every other part of me was okay. I was kind of hunched like I am now because, you know, laughing, talking too loud, yelling. You're not going to get a lot of yells out of me today. It hurts like a motherfucker. Um, but my calves just wouldn't work yesterday. Like they still had the shit in them. But um, it's out now. Feel a little better. Um, I haven't noticed a food thing because food is still weird. Um, I tried something very fattening last night just to see what was going to happen, and it went badly. I, I, I wasn't feeling too well. Um, it was some fake meat my wife had bought, but it had 16 grams of fat. And with the gallbladder removal, you, you can't eat high fat. It'll make you, make you pay. But I didn't get diarrhea off it. I just had an upset stomach for a long period. And then this morning... It woke me up early because this whole area was burning. didn't feel good. I mean, everything's got to start working again. It's all fucked up inside the inside. So going to take it slow. Um, transitioning back to bed, bed tonight, which is kind of cool. Um, I slept the first night, but it didn't go well. So I went back to my chair, but the chair is just not working now. It, it hurts. And um, I think it's getting air in my stomach or something. It's There's something about sitting up. You're just not meant to do that. So tonight we're going back into bed. Going to give it a go. And uh, yeah, so enough about the med update for those that care. Um, I want to talk about that first soundbite. And I just played one on purpose because Campagno is kind of annoying. She talks too fast. I know it's hypocritical, so sometimes I'm rattling off. But that was so succinct. And um, I'm going to play a little mix here, and it's going to have uh, the commander-in-chief and a, a shorter cut of a lie reel from the commander-in-chief. And uh, then what the Newsweek put up, because the motherfucker didn't even remember who the fuck he was singing happy fucking birthday to. But that's now Republicans pounce. Policies to emphasize de-escalation. We have to retrain cops as to why should you always shoot for de with deadly force? The fact is, if you need to use your weapon, you don't have to do that. And look, to call a fresh approach to recruit and how we recruit, how we hire, how we train, how we promote, and how we retain, retain law enforcement. And ban the number of bullets that go in a magazine. There's no, no need for any of that. I love my right-wing friends who talk about the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. Give me a, if you need to work about taking on the federal government, you need some F-15s. You don't need an AR-15. I'm serious. Think about it. I got started in politics because of the civil rights movement. 
I noticed some of you were looking, I thought you were wondering, how does he know the black national anthem? Well, because I sat in the black church after going to 7 o'clock mass, I'm a practicing Catholic. At 10 o'clock on the east side, get ready to go out and desegregate restaurants and movie theaters. I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home. I was in the foot, him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with them. I've written extensively as a when I was a law professor. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. I was appointed to the academy in 1965. I didn't come to the academy because I wanted to be a football star, and you had a guy named Starback and Bellino here. So I went to Delaware. I got started out of HBCU, Delaware State. Now, I don't want to hear anything made about Delaware State here, okay? <laughs> they're, they're, they're my folks. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd so like to. I am a hard coal miner, anthracite coal, Scranton, Pennsylvania. My dad was not a, was he was a salesperson. He wasn't a coal miner. My great-grandpa was. My first job offer where I wanted, my wife, deceased wife and I wanted to move to Idaho because we think, not a joke, it's such a beautiful, beautiful state. And I interviewed for a job with Boise Cascade. I got a commercial license because my dad used to run an automobile agency. I used to drive a tractor trailer. Oh, and, awesome. Uh, and so I know a little bit about driving big trucks. It means that I've worked in the east side. I deliberately went and worked for three years to make sure I was the only guy, only white guy that worked in the east side. Because, you know, I wanted to understand. I was involved in the civil rights movement, but what I wanted. What did you want to understand? What I want to understand, I didn't realize, for example, as the only lifeguard in the projects. Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, "Hey, Esther." Congratulations today, the honorees, uh, including your wife, uh, who I understand uh, is a birthday today. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. When somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alan. Happy birthday to you. Well, it's hell turning 30, but you got to put up with it. <laughs>
Well, our media doesn't seem to care because here's your docs bumper. See you guys tomorrow. You told me three, six times that turned out to be false. Are you sorry about that? I'll see you tomorrow. Come talk to me. I'll see you tomorrow. This is yeah. sounding more and more like uh, the next Benghazi, the uh, the commitment to to figuring out these documents and, and Joe Biden. Give me your analysis of this. Look, Ali, uh, Congressman Comer, who you just saw, head of the Oversight Committee, right? I am pretty sure his constituents care about what's happening with the economy, uh, want to know what Congress is going to do to help them put more money in their pockets and put food on their tables. This is not what Republicans were elected to do. I think what is happening here, though, is that these this is an attempt to muddy the waters. That is what Benghazi was. If you um, talk to uh, the chairman of the oversight committee at that time, um, uh, after the fact, he talked about the fact that the goal was to muddy up uh, Secretary Clinton's image, if you will. The goal was to hurt President Obama. And one could argue that Benghazi, coupled with the butthurt emails, did just that. And I think that this could be very similar to not just Benghazi, but this could be President Biden's emails, even though there is no, I, I really think people have to be clear about the nuance and the real differences. Experts in this matter say it is known as classified spillage. And in most cases, there are simple mistakes that are not typically charged as crimes. Is it an accepted thing? How common is this? What is your reporting found? Yeah, Caitlin, this kind of uh, this kind of classified spillage happens almost literally every day. And most of the time, it's completely accidental. In November, President Biden's lawyers found less than a dozen documents in an office he used in Washington and turned them over to the National Archives. That's about it. That's not the sort of thing you need a special counsel for. If you're a vice president or a president, you have a little more flexibility to move stuff around. There's no crime, not by any person and with no relationship to Biden. The Trump investigation and this Biden investigation are completely different. I think everyone understands that. This couldn't look more worse even though the cases are so different. Completely different based on what the Biden team is telling us so far. They couldn't be more different. The facts are very, very different. Very different from what happened at Mar-a-Lago. Two completely different situations. Completely different. Completely different. So completely different. These two incidents are as different as night and day. It is night and day different from Trump. There seems to be a night and day difference here. It's night and day. How worried are you that the classified documents issue facing the president will distract from Democrats' overall goals. Sadly, this document uh, taking from uh, Vice President Biden is going to be a distraction. A special counsel investigation will no longer, uh, will no doubt be a distraction for the White House. From a national security, homeland security perspective, it's a huge distraction. This is something that's going to be a big distraction. It is a distraction. This is not something that the White House wanted to be dealing with right now, right as uh, President they just moved on. We're done. We're done. They're talking about committee assignments and shit. We'll cover that in a bit. But they, they don't give a fuck about them docs. They don't care. I mean, they're pissed off and they're feigning outrage. They can't get a decent timeline. But I'll save it for the section. Then this week, some interesting shit came up. WEF was going. And the only reason why I paid attention to this was because Fat Boy was there. 
So Schellenberg, the World Economic Forum in Davos Summit starts tomorrow. Its founder, Klaus Schwab, is one of the most influential men alive. He even participated in G20 Summit of the World Leaders last November. Why is that and who exactly is he? He's everything evil in the world. CBS, I'm doing these before I play a soundbite that's just crazy. Annual meeting has increasingly become a target of bizarre claims from a growing chorus of commentators who believe the forum involves a group of elite manipulating global events for their own benefit. Maybe because that's true. Maybe they are. Some of these sound bites I'm going to play, you're going to have a disinfo summit with Fat Body. Uh, you got Carrie. You got some other freak. And I'm playing it up front. I was going to put it in the lighter fare section because it's just funny as shit but what the fuck is the end with the music what kind of music is that the clear and present danger of disinformation uh, is our conversation here this afternoon it follows a session just now about disrupting distrust and of course those are connected so i hope that's where we can start uh, i'm brian stelter formerly of cnn now a fellow at harvard university we can try to put some real information out into the world to make up for all the crazy i'll, I'll tell you a, a brief funny Maybe not funny story. So I leave CNN <laughs> with regards to 2016 and, and Trump showing that lying works. Has, has that only become more true in the, in the last six years? Do you see evidence that it's less true, hopefully, now? But haven't we seen many Democrats in the last six years pressuring Facebook and Twitter and now TikTok uh, to be stronger in content moderation? Uh, hasn't that been a wave that we've seen crash over for years now? Well, I think this is the question of, you know, I mean, ultimately what we're trying to, to achieve there is some measure of public safety, right? Um, we, we're not, uh, I mean, sure, there are some politicians who are going to go out and just get angry at Facebook if they see things that are mean. The difference is when, you know, I have a constituency that I'm trying to keep healthy and I can't get them to take a COVID vaccine because of misinformation that's propagated on the Internet. Because we must come with the rules which will not be abused. And I, I, I will come to that if you give me two, two more minutes. Um, uh, when I come to the United States, I was in Congress many times and I also spoke to American think tanks. Uh, also with the journalist, I was in New York Times. The, the basic question I hear from uh, Americans uh, on, uh, uh, on how we are going to uh, deal with the disinformation online is, will you order removals, removing of content from online? It's, it's so simplified. And I, I, am, I am almost shouting, of course not, because this is not the way how to do that. We try to do, in fact, three things. Mm. Uh, to make sure that the disinformers uh, do not find the feeding ground. The society which is willing to get brainwashed. And here again, different traditions, different instincts. Mm -hmm different sensitivities. So, for instance, the Russian propaganda was so uh, bloody strong in the Central and Euro Eastern European countries because there were some sentiments in, in the society already before the invasion to Ukraine. So the feeding ground, which means that uh, our society, our people should uh, get more resilient, 
Uh, it should be done through education, through uh, the work of professional media. I, I had in New York Times when I was there three years ago, the question, how did you increase your readership? I heard from some of your colleagues, because the people became hung more hungry for the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, medical and biological progress and advancing very fast. But can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains and um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can, and we measure your, your brain waves, and I can immediately tell you how the people react or I can feel. Uh, you know, the, the State of the Union's coming up and the president's got to, you know, and I think will, will because he believes this, we've got to move this. Because that's the only way we keep 1.5 degrees alive. So how do we get there? Well, the lesson I've learned in the last years, and I learned it as secretary and I've learned it since, reinforced in spades, is money, 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 money. And this is what he said when I talked to him about what's going on in the American middle class. We demand a higher paycheck than the rest of the world. So if you're going to demand 10 times the paycheck, you need to deliver 10 times the value. It sounds harsh, but maybe people in the middle class need to decide to take a pay cut. So we want to put computer chips in there. You're starting a misinformation segment with the most pro, uh, just prolific misinformer, Tater. And you got Whistling Bird Lady with her ukulele playing, guitar playing husband. Computer chips. So it isn't a bunch of elites who think we all should take a pay cut. And she flies private desk to fucking Davos. Tucker had his segment on Tater. I, I have to play it. If this is all starting to sound like a bad CNN segment to you, a parade of self-confident dumb people, rich in self-esteem, low in wisdom, giving moralizing lectures to one another's applause, well... Let us confirm that for you. Where was Don Lamont? Why wasn't he there? Well, he wasn't. That's a next year's program, no doubt. This year, we're not making this up, America's favorite unemployed media critic, Mr. Brian Stelter, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Make up for all the crazy. The conclusion this year at the World Economic Forum is that people who are not at the World Economic Forum have too much free speech, too many bad ideas, too much crazy and too much opportunity to talk. They're still talking out there. Stop them before they talk some more. So if you're getting the impression that the world's most mediocre people and least self-aware people are all congregating in Switzerland this week, you are on to something. In fact, it might be worth getting an attendee list just to make certain that not a single person who was there this week ever has power over you in any way. If one of these people shows up supervising the bake sale at your kid's school called... It is a bad CNN segment. I mean, this whole fucking... These people, man, with their eat your bugs and all that kind of shit.
yeah, I, I, I ain't got time for you. You need to go the fuck away. So Supreme Court released the uh, Dobbs report leaker, and as we thought, there was nothing. And then one other one before we get into some odd sound bites or top six that don't really jive with stories. Fake clinics. I want you all to remember, we give $655 million to Planned Parenthood, who isn't a woman's clinic. They don't give prenatal. They don't help you with shit. They do STDs and birth control, and they kill a buttload of baby. They work the fancy stats because you got more STDs, and you say that's where you're getting your business, but really the money is coming from killing babies. And we finance that shit. We pay for all the abortion pills because Obama went around the Hyde Amendment and made abortion pills part of Medicare. So, I just want you to remember that. Lauren Borbert's about to do a, a bill to ban funding Planned Parenthood. And the libs are up in air. Just, just, oh my God. Now, Borbert's a dumbass. But why do we finance them? There is no conservative group out there. You're not giving... Uh, March for Life money. We, we don't do that. But we, we give money to fucking basically baby killers. So, going to go into our disinfo section. I like playing the long bumper because it's fun. And uh, the first one is actually Matt Lewis on MSNBC telling Dems they better get their head their ass about these documents. Yeah, I think so, Joe. Uh, look, since it's NFL, it was NFL wildcard weekend, I guess it still is Monday night. Uh, I'll use this football analogy. Um, momentum swings. I, I, I think they're real. I don't know if it's like a psychological, supernatural, but momentum swings really matter. You know, once a team can be on defense for half the game and then all of a sudden something happens and it shifts to momentum. And I think that happens in politics, too. Remember uh, the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal, I think really set off this chain reaction where Democrats were on their heels for maybe six months to a year, and then they kind of got their mojo back. And, and Democrats really, I think, established this brand as being the, the competent, sane, decent party. And that lasted through the midterms. And I think it culminated with this uh, Republicans sort of displaying their dysfunction with that very chaotic election of Kevin McCarthy as speaker. And now we have this momentum shift. And I, I think it is very, very damaging. Again, what happened here with these classified documents really erodes and undermines not just the momentum, but the brand of, that the Democrats had been building of being the, not only the competent party, but the decent, honest party. Yeah. And, you know, it looks like they were trying to kind of hide that and cover that up. Uh, until after the midterm. So I think, you know, we'll see if this is a momentum shift that, that lasts well into 2023, but it's off the year after stringing together several very, very good months. Uh, they're off to a bad, bad start. And took a YouGov poll the other day, and I got to be just 100% honest. It don't look good for the Dems. 
It doesn't look good for the dams whatsoever. Not here nor there. Not in a boat with a goat in a moat. I mean, it It just doesn't look good. You guys literally did some fucked up shit. And because I'm a little men- medically deficient today, I forgot to open up the fucking stories. But... I think the most important thing to remember about this is that, let me get this up, because this is, this is everything we talk about. Um, There's two forms of justice. All along, they've said the two forms of justice is, you know, white people and black people. And, and so now we're, we're lowering standards for everything. You can kill a motherfucker, get right back on the street because it's all good. It's all good in the hood. Um, hold one. Let me grab one more because this is some good shit too. And that will set the table and we can move on. Um, What is unbelievable for me is that the FBI has not gone in once. The DOJ has. And Wall Street Journal actually broke it. And they just decided to let his lawyers do it because they're good people. And they self-reported. But anybody else in the world, you'd have the fucking FBI up your asshole with a flashlight right now. They would be doing a deep dive on your colon. If you had one, but he's got all sorts of them and they're all about Ukraine. Nothing there, there. Dan Bondingo lined it up the best because if you really want to look at the timeline. This is why we had the first impeachment because Trump was sniffing. And they appointed, we'll play a Hemingway segment in a second. They fucking appointed the special prosecutor for Trump, and they already knew Biden had it, but they didn't release it because the DOJ decided not to release it before the election because they're separate. They're a separate entity. So then their second lie is they're saying there's no there's no logs. But the Secret Service, they got logs for when Kennedy fucked people. They log everything. They have to. So there's logs. There's federal government logs. They're just lying. They're not going to fucking release that shit because they really don't want to, they don't want to tell the truth. All right. That, that's not what they're going to do. They're going to lie. They're going to bury this fucking story because that's what they always do. Whenever they fuck up, they bury stories. And this pig right here, Anita Dunn, was the woman who came up with it. Don't put it out. Don't tell the American people. And she did did the whole slow roll fucking to China bullshit. And everybody's fine with it. You know, no media is leading with Biden manipulated a fucking election. Because that's what it would be. He manipulated an election. But now, 2020, 
2016, post, they manipulated elections because they came up with the the lame-ass, fake, fucking Russia collusion shit, which turned out to be nothing. 2018, they manipulated the electorate because they fucking said, well, uh, Stacey Abrams won. 2020, they manipulated the election by suppressing all sorts of information, banning people off Twitter, working algorithms on Google, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook put $500 million into polling stations and ran the motherfuckers. All the five important districts all closed down and said they had water leaks, and then they started counting shit, and it was just for Joe Biden. And somehow a guy in his basement got 81 million votes. And then Time Magazine ran a whole article saying how happy they are that they fucking rigged an election. So why should we be surprised? Maybe that's why the media doesn't care. It's just what they always do. I mean, why tell the American people what we already know they do? They were doing it. We were always doing it. Mona Chauvin, in my first essay for Time, I share some thoughts about Biden's classified documents. And it's basically, there's nothing here. There was no here here. Here's another one. The detail that seemed to be getting overlooked in the Biden document story. None of this would have come to light if Biden's team had just stashed away what they found. We're where we are because they acted with integrity and honesty. Yeah. Jonathan Turley, all the president's men, Biden's use of lawyers raises additional concerns over handling classified information. None of those people have clearances to be seeing any of this shit. They don't have clearances. They're not supposed to be doing this. There's even a picture of him code word secret Vice President Biden holding documents that nobody's even supposed to see the folder for fuck's sake. And there's a picture of him. It's all over the place. 68 days of silence. Why the White House stayed mum on classified documents. Advisors to President Biden calculated the Justice Department would view possession of the documents as little more than a good faith mistake. And the rest of the article from the New York Times is everything's good to go. White House investigations are held briefings on buying classified document cases. We hear the full transcripts. We did nothing wrong and we got nothing to say to you. We got nothing to say to you. You need to go fuck yourself. You fucking commoner. We run the world, and we're going to do what the fuck we want to do. And if you don't really like it, there's nothing we're going to do about it because we're going to rig the next fucking election too, bitch. That's the world we live in now. I mean, I say it every podcast, but the fascists are the fascists. They talk about fascists all the time. And then more importantly, at the end of the week, we find out the actual president of the United States, Ron Klain, stepping down. I mean, whether you want to believe it or not, he is running our country. He runs everything. He does all the tweets. He, this guy is the biggest shit show Sherlock you ever meet in your life. And he's stepping down now. And as everybody has said over and over and over, well... Who's going to run the fucking country now? Who's running it? 
All right, our next soundbite of the day, little segment, it's going to be about race because we had an MLK birthday, so we got to say white people suck, and MSNBC even brought 1619 on because why not? And, and I remember Republicans called me after 2020, and they said, well, what kind of voter integrity law would, would you be happy with? I said, none. There isn't any voter fraud, and it's already a crime. We have criminal statutes in every state and every locality and at the federal level. If you vote illegally, it's a crime. And you know who commits those crimes? Republicans, Trump voters. So how do we inject reality? And how do we make the democracy agenda? I mean, it's it's insane to me that only Democrats are fighting for voting rights in America. How do we make that? How do you take the partisanship out of access to the polls? I don't think you can take partisanship out of it because really the partisanship is just a proxy for racism. I mean, let, let, let's be clear. When, when you have voter suppression laws in a place like Ohio, you, you have, and we've seen this sociologically, that there's a certain segment of white people in America who would rather have their own lives inconvenienced than run the risk of black people being on an equal plane. Distortion of MLK's message has been going on for nearly 40 years. It was President Reagan who popularized the tactic of co-opting Dr. King's philosophy of a colorblind society to advance his assault on racial progress. Reagan got elected just 12 years after King's assassination. He prioritized dismantling the federal voting rights and anti-poverty programs that King fought under two presidents to achieve. Even quoting King while attacking affirmative action as he weakened the enforcement of civil rights laws. With the help of his legal team that included a young Republican lawyer named John Roberts, now Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. It was Reagan who signed the King Holiday Bill into law back in 1983, though he didn't initially support the holiday. When you look at Reagan's record on race, it is easy to see why. Reagan opposed every major piece of civil rights legislation adopted by Congress. And also, when you look at the briefings, uh, you know, there have been a lot of Republicans who have been critical of Karine uh, Jean-Pierre. Of course, they've been from the beginning. I'll let people draw their own conclusions as to yeah. why. So the backlash that I have uh, experienced, which, as you know, has been everything from uh, the former president of the United States, to sitting senators, to uh, governors trying to legislate against the project, to, you know, personal threats, um, to me is probably my greatest honor, because what that means is uh, the truth makes powerful people in this country very scared, and I'm glad that they're scared. Um, and so you kind of are intersectionality embodied in a person, right? Um, but we've also seen, along with the attacks on Asian Americans, along with the continued anti-blackness, um, and particularly in education, in wanting to resist learning about the things that have happened to people of color, there has also been the same kind of fight about the history of what happened to Jewish people. Um, there's been an erasure there, too, and a pushback, you know, when they're banning so-called critical race theory, they're also banning books about the Holocaust. And we've seen an uptick in attacks on Jewish people and Jewish symbols around the country. What a denial of our children because it's so complex that they could learn all yeah. about courts, they could learn about mob violence, they could learn about persistence of the human spirit, uh, just they could learn about journalism, actually. And yet we deny our children truth and they love truth they desire truth yeah. so so we have an obligation to give them truth and give them complexity so 
This is how I see what I said earlier tonight, the 1619 project took something that usually took a page. That's right. When the Daughters of the Confederacy said it in my history book at Central High School, they said slavery was good for black people and the masters were kind. Mm. So she took something and showed the complexity and the resonance and how it keeps reverberating and how we keep seeing it happening. And so that's the beauty of that to me is to bring complexity to things in honor of our children who want to know more mm. than you do. I, I, almost, <laughs> I almost can't. I love that last part. Uh, we got to have journalism. That wasn't journalism. She made it all up. That's like me making up a whole story about my beginnings come from Harlan, Kentucky. It just stuck in my fucking head because I watched Justified again. I didn't. I feel like I do, but I didn't. I came from Oregon. I can't just write a story and make it factual, but that's what we do now. Next one is, uh, well, let's look at what happened to El Paso after Biden left. Tell me up front, my brothers and sisters, could you, could you as a Republican get away with sterilizing an area, going and visiting it and leaving and just saying, well, they just thought it was an easy day. There was nobody there. They get to get away with Soviet level fucking propaganda and it's okay, but Trump had alternate facts and it was a threat to the fucking constitution. These people wipe their ass with the Constitution every day. I mean, Campagno nailed it. They believe the government owns you. When the framers wrote it, that we own the government. The inalienable rights that were in there weren't given by government. They were given by God, freedom of speech, right to bear arms, all that shit. They don't see it that way. These people see anybody but them in charge. We have a crisis. And now the crisis is the view bringing on Solwell. Really shitty segue, but I got a segue to it. And uh, I think it's CNN talking about the new committee assignments. Now, I want you to remember, they threw everybody off. The people that were supposed to be on J6 threw them off. They threw people off all sorts of committees. Omar married a brother so he could get in the country and says America sucks and she roots for fucking terrorists. Well, that's cool. Tlaib said, fuck the president. We're going to kick him out of fucking office. Well, that's fucking cool. Solwell fucked a fucking Chinese spy. Feinstein's driver was a Chinese spy for 20 fucking years. President Biden himself, son, worked with China and made a bunch of goddamn money. It's all proven now because everybody validates fucking what they read in the goddamn disc of that fucking laptop. That hurt. I got it. Slow down. That's cool. But goddamn, take Schiff who lied for fucking five years. Still lying. Still says he's got proof the walls are closing in. A guy who 
fucked Fang Fang, take them off a committee, and we got a crisis. Uh, and, and so I think this case, in, in special counsel, I think is absolutely appropriate. This case will hinge on his knowledge and intent. Mm -hmm. It looks like once he was aware of this, he did what I hope everyone would do, which yeah. was get the documents yeah. back to the government, yeah. cooperate in every meaningful way. I know it's natural to compare this to what the former president mm -hmm. has done, where it looks like he wanted to keep the documents and is litigating that and fighting in the courts. What worries me with President Trump is that somebody who was willing to leverage $350 million of taxpayer money to get dirt on his opponent, as he did with the Ukrainians, yeah. if he has top secret documents in his possession, that he could leverage that for his own benefit. Do you think Merrick Garland will still indict Trump, or will this scandal with Biden now also having classified documents allow Trump to escape justice once again? Everything I know about Merrick Garland is that, you know, he truly is independent. What do you make of it? I, I, I mean, I understand, like, criticizing somebody, but saying, I got a yes. classified briefing from the FBI about so-and-so, and if you knew what I knew, you would agree with what I'm doing. I, I'm not saying if that's not true. Maybe it is. I have no idea, but it, I've just not seen such a thing before. And the shield that he has is the word classified. Right. He can say, I can't tell you what I know, but trust me, it's bad. Um, the, the question is whether there are other Republicans or, frankly, Democrats who might have access to that same classified information who could corroborate not the information, because we don't know the, the facts and the content, but just the notion that something really, really bad, so bad. But I think Pelosi was given the same briefing, mm -hmm. and she was fine with I mean, Swalwell being on the committee. Look. Now, I want to keep up with my new misinformer person. And this one stumbled into my feed by that great piece of shit, one underscore Ben Collins, the gay guy who made up a bunch of shit and was told to shut the fuck up. Her name is Kat Abu. And I want to frame this with the fact that the first time this show, be it a very small show, not a lot of people watch, I got it, I'm just a nobody in a basement, I'm cool with that. I never thought I was going to be fucking... Sean Hannity and have a radio show. It's just fun. It'd be nice if I could do that, but probably never going to happen. 55. People don't hire 55-year-old dudes. Um, but when I started going video, I put like two episodes on YouTube and I was canceled. And the thing they canceled me for was playing Fox News clips, that it was a copyright infringement, which is the laugh. Because remember, Fat Tater Boy started his whole career doing a podcast on Fox. Well, this Cat Abu person does a weekly roundup of Fox News, and she takes things out of context and makes it a thing. And she gets to post it on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Nobody silences her. Yet it's all Fox News. Because when you're a liberal, those rules don't apply. The problem with me was, is I was critical of CNN and MSNBC. And it was during election. We we're getting ready for an election. So we can't have that motherfucker running his goddamn mouth. So they shut me the fuck up like they do all conservatives. But this little one minute and 20 seconds from this little shitberg, she's just trying to do the tater. She thinks if she does this, she'll get a job at CNN. 
If you don't watch Fox News, here are five totally real and definitely not made up stories that you might have missed. DC is now Somalia. Isn't it crazy that this is our nation's capital? Yes. And it's basically a third, it's a Somalia. If you're wondering what the capital of the richest country in the world and Somalia have in common, I'd like to remind you that about half of DC's population is black. At least they're consistent. Philadelphia is about 44% black, and according to Sean Hannity this week, Now Philadelphia is hell on earth. House GOP members are allowing indoor smoking again. Uh, this could be an actual story that you report on, but instead Tucker turned it into an enthusiastic endorsement of secondhand smoke. The most American of all pleasures, which is tobacco, that is the smell of freedom. Climate change doesn't exist anymore because Jesse Waters gets chilly at the beach. Every ocean I've ever swam in has been freezing. When you're a news channel, it's important to report on the news, which is why Tucker spent last night explaining how Richard Nixon didn't actually resign. He was ousted as a part of a deep state plot with Gerald Ford. The FBI's COINTELPRO program, which was designed to secretly discredit political actors the federal agencies wanted to destroy. People like Richard Nixon. Finally, in case you didn't know, there is a cabal of Muslim communist socialist refugees. For refugees? Where are they, flo where are they uh, flowing from? It and then lastly, because we're going to keep an eye on her. I'm following her. She's going to ask some stupid shit. We're going to watch it. Here's soundbite by Ron Johnson. I got the misinformation because they're countering it. And uh, Molly Hemingway covering some important shit about the documents. I got to get some conservative shit on here every once in a while. Invite me on to argue with me. Well, it needs Senator, to be more unbiased. Senator, There's look, misinformation this is, look, on both sides, but the Senator, censorship and Senator, suppression look, we're trying to primarily do issues here in from fact. the left. Fox News legal analyst Jonathan Turley, who I mentioned moments ago with this, quote, Todd just heaps insults upon those who have called for investigations. The point is not that there are proven crimes, but the need to have a special counsel look into these offenses, including some of the in those that involved emails referencing the president. Uh, what were you trying to say about 30,000? Because that particular point was when he really leaned in. Yeah, you couldn't understand because he's talking over to me. He doesn't interview me. He argues with me. But Hunter Biden, uh, and we, we have records that show about $30,000 were paid to prostitutes, uh, probably uh, individuals associated with the Eastern uh, European sex trafficking ring. Uh, $30,000, that same time period, in, in the midst of that five-month period, over two months, Joe Biden committed to apparently wire Hunter Biden about $100,000. So. Was the president of the United States, or at that point in time, the former vice president, uh, financing Hunter Biden's uh, illegal activity with uh, with prostitutes? Uh, you know, where's the Me Too movement in terms of the outrage of the, the son of the president uh, cavorting with the uh, people that uh, could be coerced into the sex slave sex trafficking business? Well, uh, again, that, that's just one of the crimes. Uh, we know the FBI is investigating Hunter Biden uh, for potential tax evasion. You know, other potential serious crimes, but they've been investigating since 2018. Yeah, you know, what's amazing, if you look at the timeline, hmm. Harris, is the, the FBI starts uh, investigating him in 2018. In April 2019, Hunter Biden gets off the board of Burisma. He turns over his computer to a computer repair shop. And later that month, Joe Biden announces for president. Are those things connected? Mm. And then, of course, we know later in 2019, the FBI takes possession of that computer. To expound on what is okay on Twitter and everything else and not, this is uh, Fiona Moriarty, 
Moriarty, another paid uh, influencer. This is the mega murder cult, brutally murdering innocent animals for clout and IG likes. Demented savages. Jesus would never. And, you know, I I, I had a lot of experiences this weekend uh, as I... Sorry, I had a power surge. This is not this is not an edit. It's just a power surge. It's fucking weird. We've been getting them lately. I think it's the wind outside. But anyway, as I was saying, I, I had a bunch of experience with this with uh, shit burglars. And this was the tweet that, my God in heaven, I don't think I've ever had a tweet blow up like this um, ever. And it was Seltzer. Uh what, 262 likes and, and 2,000 people looked at the motherfucker? Um, he, he talked about why Musk isn't leaving, but he did the poll. And I said, remember when you said Avani should be POTUS and you got fired? The vitriol I got, and it, it happened on a story we're going to do in the trans section about the NHL, where I basically did my old line that I like the Packers, Ducks, Noah Gregson, MTG, Brisket, and Christianity, but I don't expect anybody to believe any of that shit, because this is America, so why do you got to fucking wear a stupid-ass NHL jersey for gay pride, and if you don't, you're a piece of shit? Why is that a thing? And it was amazing the amount of vitriol our God. I mean, I'm talking... You lost wars. One guy accused me of being a stolen valor disabled vet because I have COVID complications because he went to my thread and read it all. And he must have robo-tweeted how much of a piece of shit I was. I played for like three or four and then I just blocked his ass. And the other guy just never came back. He was just, you lost those wars. Vets are pieces of shit. But you can do that on Twitter. But remember, we're told that Twitter is a... Nazi hellscape by these misinfo kings and queens. It's just Nazis and Proud Boys and QAnon out there fucking humping polar bears out in parking lots. It's out of control. It's evil. And then we got another Twitter file, and I am kind of Twitter filed the fuck out. So I'm not going to cover this one as I'm just going to read the first tweet. New piece of Twitter files, how the pharmaceutical industries lobbied social media to shape content around vaccine policies. The push included direct pressure from Pfizer partner BioNTech to censor activists demanding low-cost generic vaccines for low-income countries and literally all sorts of other things. This goes in line with what, what we know they were doing, which was if anybody had information that went against the party line, they just shut your ass down. And once again, that's good. That's, that's good stuff. That's, that's why we're here. That's America. And you're fascist if you don't think that. See, that, that's what it's all about. You're a fascist if you want people to be able to have opinions and talk. All that kind of stuff. But we're not going to let you. And I know not many people 
use these social, like Twitter is 10%, you know, the country maybe, that's what they say. I don't even think it's that much. Um, it's not a lot of people. But for a lot of people, this is where they get their news. And these are the same people saying it's misinformation when technically they're the ones misinforming and suppressing any opinion. And a lot of this shit is true, proven to be true. Strokes, problems with Pfizer, the one I took. I'm living proof of it. How to get my gallbladder yanked. That didn't happen overnight. That happened the moment I got the shot. I didn't have gallbladder pain until I got the fucking shot. And then I couldn't eat meat. And then I got some kind of COVID complication. And now I had a surgery one year later. You can say that's misinformation, but the reality is it's my life. It's my, my truth, as you guys say. It's all about truth. And something was wrong with that shot. You can say it ain't so, because a lot of people didn't, but they took anthrax off. Anthrax doesn't happen anymore. I got sick as fuck with 103 fever in bed for two days. And I'm a vax person. I'm all about vaxes. But when you're making this mRNA and all this new shit, some people's bodies can't do it. Everybody's body's different. It's called genetics. It's science. You guys always talk about science. So, in our misinfo, we're going to have trans, because that's misinfo, and I'm going to do the regular bump just because I haven't heard it in a while. Here's some Antifa people, uh, some psychos, a lady from Minneapolis. She's a, somebody voted for this piece of shit, and uh, she wants men's bathrooms to have hygiene products. And then a whole race, a whole fucking white, ugly lady sitting there talking about how basically your kids need to get taken away from you if you don't conform to the new, there are no genders. Turn it up, turn it on. Rock it like we fed to the bone, get on the floor, running loose. Gotta put this to let feet to you. If you need education in the party scene. Let's get woke. 28-year-old Bridget Klein Simpson has identified as a woman for years and she wants to get into better shape, so she went to the Body Works gym for women in Parksville for a membership. Klein Simpson says she was initially welcomed, but after one workout she was informed she was not allowed at the women's only gym. Saying, sorry, we made a mistake, you're not actually allowed to be here, but you're more than welcome to use the co-ed facility, and uh, I kind of just hung up because uh, I was... I mean, I was extreme, extre- devastated. I mean, the gym in Arizona who's undressing in the locker room top off bra off and a pelvic slur 
was in the women's locker room. And he looked at me and he looked at my breasts and I have called the police. Until recently, he's used the men's locker room. So he agrees himself that he's a man. I have told the police that I was in the locker room. A man was in there. I was getting undressed. He looked at me. He is a man in the women's locker room. I have my first day as a sub today and there are many things I would like to talk about, but today I would like to talk about how I am the political unrest that Cedar City needs. So besides the fact that I dyed my hair purple last night and I have two visible tattoos, I wrote my pronouns as Shieni up on the board. I was teaching 10th grade and I told this to all my classes and it wasn't until the last period where someone was like, what's the second pronoun? And so I explained, I was like, I do she, any pronouns. I do go by any pronouns, she, he, they, it, anything, but I am totally okay with you just referring to me as she. And they were kind of confused about it for a minute. And I was like, and you can't misgender me. So don't even think about it. I do respond to all genders. And this one kid just like looks down and goes, IQ 1000. Like <laughs> just affect women. Two-spirits, trans men, non-binary people, and genderqueer people can all have periods. And arguably, period poverty may be higher in these populations. Here's why. You ever seen a tampon dispenser or a box of free tampons in a men's bathroom? I would encourage uh, the community to vote no on this amendment um, for a few reasons. Um, practical, financial, social, emotional. Um, first, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender-neutral bathrooms. And if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, second, not all students who menstruate are female. Um, we need to make sure that all students have access to these products. Um, there are obviously less um, non-female menstruating students and therefore their usage will be much lower. And that was actually um, calculated into the cost of this. This next question comes from clearly a parent. It asks, how do we help skeptical teachers and extended family members support a very young trans kiddo? age four. You know, at that age, parents have a lot of choice generally, depends on their community and their resources, have some choice about where the child goes to school, right? Are they in preschool? Are they in daycare? Maybe if they have the ability, and of course, there's privilege built into this answer, but if they have the ability to find a, a, a daycare or preschool or pre-K, that is supportive of all children. So it does not limit a child's ability to play with a certain kind of toy or shame them for putting on sparkly clothes if they're perceived to be a young boy. That just accepts them, clothes are clothes, toys are toys, and kind of just, you know, matter of fact, loving environment. Now with family, sometimes families, know, no matter what the age of the child, sometimes families have to make hard decisions because there may be people in extended families who are toxic and who are not safe people for those. That's a whole lot of fucked up. I know I play it every week, but God damn, that's some fucked up shit. Mississippi, what if we put cameras in every public school in the state? Oh, and we let parents watch the recordings. And what the hell, let's stick them in universities to see parents, college students don't feel left out. They're doing a bill and the left is pissed, but you know what? That's fucking smart as shit. Sheila Jackson Lee, because it's a little mixed up, and for that I apologize. That's the slide you're looking at now. 
has introduced a House bill to criminalize conspiracy to commit white supremacy. Never said she was a smart lady. What does that even fucking mean? What is white supremacy? I see a lot of black supremacy and, well, really, LGBT supremacy every fucking where. Rachel Levine worked from her perch up there wearing uh, being a dude in a dress and blocked states trying to pass laws to protect kids. That's a good thing the federal government's doing. We ain't got any other issues. New thing on uh, Twitter now and everywhere, don't say black. It's starting to trend on black Twitter. So coming to a theater near you pretty soon, it's going to be, you can't say black. Vanderbilt education professor says college math is white sister patriarchal. He just made up a fucking word because that's what they do. And they're good at it. They make all sorts of fucking words up. This is in Lake Oswego, and I blame Matt in Oregon. That's who I blame, which happy birthday, brother, since this is actually your birthday, and I already sent you a birthday song, but I probably should have sent it already, so we're going to send it again, and I'm doing it so you see it, just in case you didn't get it. Happy real birthday, brother. Love you. Hope you have a great day at the beach. So now I, I covered those bases. Then we got this, which is really the whole thing that really, really is what's scary about it. Um, these are parents. The judge approved our daughter's name change today. Seven-year-old in South Carolina on her way home from court. We stopped by a school to surprise her and her twin brother with the news. It was not an easy process, but it was totally worth it for this sweet child who changed her kid to be a female. And this is probably what my daughter's doing. It's now virtue signaling. They feel good. They get the cred. And I think that's the worst part about this social media phenomenon that we live in. Every, I mean, even me, look at I just talked about I got a lot of likes. We all get in those things where it's likes and then people start doing shit. But now we're doing it with kids. Which is 10 times fucked up. It's just fucked up. It shouldn't be a thing, but it's a thing. And we're virtual virtue singling off your kids and now i know you all heard it but i'm gonna play it so i can yell about this nhl reporter and ivan Provorov can get on a plane any day he wants and go back to a place where he feels more comfortable take less money and get on with his life that way if it's that problematic for him and he's been in north america for a long time he played in the western hockey league He's now been in Philadelphia for many years. If this is that much of a problem for him to maybe assimilate into his group of teammates and in the community and here in this country, that's okay. Listen, you can feel any way you want. But the beauty is, if it bothers you that much, there's always a chance to leave, go back where you feel more comfortable. I understand there's a conflict of sorts going on over there. Maybe get involved. I got to say, um, that isn't surprising. You know, the, the conservative networks have gone crazy and everybody's played it and i know i know i just did the same thing but boys and girls this is the world we live in it isn't about acceptance the original gay rights quest and gay okay it's not like i've known a shitload of fucking gay people in my lifetime but I have, and those people never gave a fuck. 
I remember this girl down in uh, Chattanooga, and she was a machine operator. She was hard on woodpecker lips. Loved her. She was a great, great worker. And she had already been married. So when gay marriage became a thing, I asked, so when are you going to have your wedding? It's because I ain't having a goddamn wedding. I don't need other people to justify my lifestyle. I'm already married. I don't need a piece of paper. And then we sat and talked. And that happened with every gay person for the next, you know, 10 years that I talked with, they didn't give a fuck about pronouns and all this shit. They were against all this virtue signaling liberal shit. They weren't into it. They were like, we wanted to just live our lives and not have the government say we can't live our lives. Just like you and I. And I, I'm for that. I could give a fuck you want to be a unicorn as an adult. I don't give a fuck if you fuck antelopes. That's your deal. You just love fucking you some antelopes. That's your life. This is America. Go fuck them. Lube up, though. I'm sure it's got to be a hard sell trying to get up on an antelope. But you should be able to do that. And that's really none of my goddamn business. I became a conservative independent because I watched conservatives as a child force Christian norms on people. And I am a religious person. I believe in Jesus Christ as my savior. I believe I'm going to go to heaven someday. And I believe that yeah, we're supposed to spread the word. Got it. But there's one thing about spreading God's word and being a freaking cheese grater. And that's what you were seeing from the government. So I was a liberal. And now the liberals are the conservatives and they're the cheese grater that you will not only accept gay marriage, you're going to turn your kids into fucking trannies because we need more activists and such voters that will vote liberal for us. And you'll embrace it all. You are going to tongue fuck with us. And no, I'm not. I don't have to. I don't have to embrace your lifestyle. I have to be accepting of it in the way that it's none of my goddamn business. And it is none. If you're in one of them weird ass 85 people in a pile humping and fucking and you all are married, I don't give a fuck. What has happened, just like abortion, is you've taken an issue and you've made it a wedge. To get people to go vote. But then you realize, just like race relations, which we're about to segue through with a great CR, this is how you get it in your schools, an educator on Project Veritas. You realize you could use it to silence people. You could use it as vengeance. You can use it to rain down and make people's lives miserable, make them lose their jobs, make them get suspended on Twitter taken off social media so you became Al Sharpton and now oh you're going to wear that goddamn jersey you're going to fucking take that fucking knee and if you don't we're ruining your life 
Remember the story of the lady who got on an airplane, posted a picture of some motherfucker shooting a fucking lion, and she got fired by the time she hit the ground? They realized it was a powerful tool, and now we're doing it. And CRT and LGBT, EIEIO, they will simultaneously say out their fucking head, there is no CRT. We're not putting, pushing gay rights in schools. We're just te- teaching them to accept gay people. And oh yeah, we're also pushing uh, CRT that all white people are evil and we're pushing that kids should turn into fucking the opposite sex. And you're a bigot because you don't like it. I mean, that's the conversation. We've gone down that road on every one of these culture wars and then the media plays like it's just the conservatives being assholes. Well, the problem with their theory is it isn't conservatives being assholes. It's normal. Those people that are going to PTA meetings ain't Republicans. They're parents. I've seen black ones. I've seen gay ones. I've seen in a boat with a moat with a goat. I mean, it's like a Dr. Sue fucking story of people rolling up and going, no. Because America's totally open to anything. We don't care about other people's lifestyles. That's why there's 85 different religions in this motherfucker. That's why if you go to the Northeast, to the Southeast, to the Southwest, to the Northwest, to the Midwest, and in between, every place you go has different norms, different religions, different customs. That's why Amish motherfuckers are still going around in goddamn buggies on highways. We're very accepting. But when you take the issue to children, you've just fucked the goat. That is just wrong. So people are pushing back. And now you're all a bunch of bigots. Now this administration sticks the fucking FBI on them. Now pro-lifers are getting arrested for praying on sidewalks. Now parents are considered domestic terrorists because you lost the edge because you went too far. Just like abortion. Nobody fucking really cared about abortion until you made abortion live birth abortion. And somehow that's codifying Roe. So here's our CRT Project Veritas. I'm going to end it down. It's like eight minutes. Uh, You probably don't want to listen to eight minutes. If you don't say the words of the grace period, you technically teach it. And it's amazing how you've gotten schools to purchase a curriculum. And they don't even know what's going on. I always have a good salesman, but I'm also an evil salesman. Like, so bad. So the, the public schools have the state funding, right? They do. So the state is basically paying for your curriculum without knowing what's in it. Does your your curriculum have curriculum race theory in it? Yep. And the government doesn't know. And they, they have no clue. And I'm like... In order to make sure it's under the radar, how do you visit DEI work? Schools in Georgia have your curriculum. Two. Two districts, actually. Two so, Blue County um, and then Cobb County. Wait, your curriculum that is in the schools here in Georgia is just kindergarten? It's just one of just kindergarten, yeah. That's so cool. So, you need your CRT stuff is kindergarten. It's so good. It's like, he's like, such an idiot. Like, his wife has a lot of stuff in education here. He was a former teacher. What do you think she would do if she found out? Oh, I would get nailed. What about these parents who might push back after hearing it? Who cares? I'm not part of the system. I can't lose my. I'm not gonna lose my job, old girl. Worst that's gonna happen is y'all gonna be upset, and I shared some knowledge. That's the worst that's gonna happen.
You know it's like that because it's big business. White fragility by Miss D'Angelo. She was getting million fucking dollars to go fucking around the country and, and fucking give speeches about how white people are pieces of shit. And the most amazing thing about it is she's a white fucking lady. I mean, you know it's big business when white people can roll around saying white people are pieces of shit and get paid for it by black people. And then you have those three ladies with the dinner table, all you white bitches are pieces of shit racist that we played from Dr. Phil. It's big business. You can make a lot of money. So why not put it in schools? For the left, it's just one big cudgel to fucking get kids to vote Democrat. The amazing thing about it is kids are already predispositioned to be Democrats. When you're young, you vote them. That's just what you do. It's what we all do. So, interesting little segue. Let's go into our light affair. I want to play the song. It's been haunting me for the last couple days. And uh, it's beautiful. This is uh, Patty Loveless and some Stapleton dude singing, You'll Never Leave Harlan Alive. In the
This is America Today. We're going to do a soundbite of the media's reaction to Roe and discuss on the other side. And we're going to play a soundbite of Al Sharpton justifying a fake rape story that made his bones as a race hustler and how he is still revered. A guy who didn't pay taxes, lied, has always been a liar. But America is super, super racist. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Stand by, Jeffrey. Uh, we do have breaking news just into CNN. Give me just a moment of personal here. Sorry, I'm getting, you know, watching the women there. It's emotional. You know, what? This is as devastating a ruling as can be imagined. It's a very dark day in America. You cannot overstate this. I'm not sure we all fully appreciated how devastating it would feel to see the words on the paper condemning women to second-class citizenship. I think there's a lot of folks who feel as if Gorsuch and Barrett, two of the of the five uh, on this on this opinion, were, were, were sort of there unfairly or sort of out of bounds. This is a court uh, not of judges, but of politicians in judges' robes. That is the danger that Justice Stephen Breyer is alerting the country to. There are no more black robes. I think the robes are red and blue. I don't think the country benefits from a future that involves a highly politicized Supreme Court. There really is a, a lot of people who believe 
This is a rigged court. He's lost control of this court, but it is significant that a justice as conservative as John Roberts is looks at what his conservative colleagues did and says that that's judicial activism. Young women who grow up in a state like mine are going to say, if you can't recognize my right of privacy, I'm not going to live in your state. We are looking at a sort of a constitutional, legal, I, I don't want to use the word civil war. This is going to be a legal civil war. It's going to be legal chaos. We're sort of entering the legal wild west here. We're going to have two Americas. We're going to have one America where abortion is still available, at least to some point within a pregnancy, and one America where it's not. Can we have any debate, especially something as emotional as this, in a civil way in this? Of all the cases you've been front and center in, there's one that you, you write in your own words that you're indelibly linked to. Of course, you know that the case is the case of Twana Brawley. Right. Uh, of course, she was a, at the time, a 15-year-old girl who alleged that she was kidnapped and repeatedly raped by six white men, including by law enforcement officers. We are not going to let this girl be the scapegoat of a corrupt system. You served as an advisor to her family, and throughout the grand jury investigation, which ultimately found her story to be a hoax. The recent film, you say to the camera that your position in the case has been distorted. How so? My position was that there was this allegation from this young lady. There was really questionable uh, behavior by some that she accused. She deserved to have a day in court. The row clip is because March for Life was yesterday and it's pretty amazing that for its entire existence the media never covered it but they got what they wanted they marched every year in the snow and they got what they wanted was to restrict abortion to a humane way yes the majority of the people out there want to ban abortion But I, I just, I think the two things are intertwined. If you take this new LGBT EIEIO bullshit and you couple it with live birth abortion, it shows how the media and the left, that's why I played that soundbite with MSDNC and CNN, are so disconnected from the American people and what Americans really think. My mama, my sister, my I believe my sister, I guess we never really asked, but my wife, they are fucking 100% ban abortion. There should be no abortion. Don't spread your legs. Use fucking birth control. There's millions of birth control now. You can get shots and patches and fucking pills, and they had to pull it with much less, like my mom, my wife. I mean, I got a fucking vasectomy at 23 for birth control because my wife could not take birth control. We had our two kids, and we decided not to have any more children. And that was a tough, tough process, as I've said. It isn't easy to walk into an office and say, clip my nuts when you're 23. Nobody wants to hear that shit. But we were responsible adults, and we believe in human life. So I'm the oddball with 22 weeks. If it can live as a preemie, shouldn't be killed. It's a human. 
and you have 22 fucking weeks to decide what the fuck you want to do. They always throw in rape, incest, all that bullshit just to confuse a goddamn issue because they don't really want to define their position, which is we are for a woman's right to have the baby come out and go, fuck it, I don't want it. And not adopt it, just kill it. And you heard it during that period with Northam. Well, we'll we'll let the baby be comfortable, but then we'll let the doctors and the medical professionals. These aren't medical professionals. All these fucking areas have passed laws that an RN or a basic nurse can do an abortion now. They're not professionals. Planned Parenthood is a fucking abortion mill. They're just a bunch of people who kill babies for profit. It's a sick fucking profession, if you ask me. And I used to kill people for a living. That was my job in the Army. We just kill people. Blow shit up. But you're blowing up babies. Oh, I was also accused of being a baby killer. I don't know when I did that in Afghanistan, but okay. It is sick. It's the morality. Because once again, and Ben Shapiro says it better than I'll ever be able to articulate it because he's a very smart man. If you can dehumanize everything and get rid of every value, including nuclear family, core family, mommy, daddy, a home, it's more apt you're going to like the government. And the government is what Democrats are about. They want to cradle to grave, tell you how to live your fucking life. There's a big essay that came out, and I didn't cover it because I figured everybody was going to hear for, from it by the time I got to podcasting. But it was a lady in China who talked about how nice it was to have the co-parenting of the Chinese government in Shanghai. Now, of course, she had the light version of that co-parenting. It wasn't the full-fledged, you got two kids, one's not a boy, kill it, which just ended in 2016. But she thought it was great, the morals and values that were injected in their children by the government. And remember, these are all the, it takes a village to raise a kid. We own your kids, shut your fucking mouth. These are the same people. They believe the government has the right to tell you to do everything. And they want that. They never understand that in America, eventually you're not in charge. Remember, these are the same people that demographics are destiny. We can replace them. Oh, fuck, you're a bigot for saying great replacement theory. But then Schumer says we need these motherfuckers to replace people. Not a really good talking point there by Schumer. But they believe they would never lose an election again. Then they lost 2016. Then they freaked the fuck out because they'd set the government up for fucking nuclear option. And then dumbass McConnell doesn't do it. He changes back. I don't know why he did that. I would have passed everything with 51 votes just to fucking dick slap him. But they never think they're going to lose power. They truly believe because they're in a bubble surrounded by millions of people in big cities that all think the same. They're all a bunch of goddamn robots. There isn't a person on my block down south that thinks the same. We got BLM flags and fucking rebel flags. It's America. And that is the majority in the center. Don't ban abortion, but limit it. Because humans and shit. Slavery was bad, 
but all white people need to pay reparations for slavery when most of us weren't here. Yeah, we're not doing that. Transgenderism? I don't get it, but it's your bag. You're not doing it to my fucking kid. And that's what they're doing. They never find the middle. I'm not saying the right does. That's why I'm not a Republican. They never think middle. That's where we're at. I don't care about the 81 million votes. I don't care about the House is barely Republican and the Senate is Democrat. I don't care about those things because it comes down to local races and there are a lot of shitbags that ran for the conservatives and they lost. But it's the middle. That's where we all are. We have certain key issues that are really important to us, but we don't go to the poll and just vote for gun rights or abortion. That's what the extremes do. We just want the government to keep the roads working, the airplanes functioning, our fucking border secure, and have a strong defense because the world's dangerous. But we don't want the government telling us what to eat, what to drive, how to think, what to say. And you must get jabbed and, oh, stay in your house and don't get the fuck out. That's not America. That's China. And the problem is the more you peek behind the curtains at WEF, which is why I played it, Davos, G20, these motherfuckers want total rule. They want to control every aspect of your life. They don't give zero fucks what you think, how you feel, your religion. These people are really bad dudes. And you know they're bad dudes because the moment you say something... You get that CBS article, a criticism that these are elites trying to run the world. Well, that's what the fuck they are. They're elites and they run the world. How is that even a criticism? It's factual. I mean, BlackRock, an agency that lives by this new liberal thing about saving the goddamn planet and wokeism. Their PR is so bad now because people pulled back the collar or the curtain. They're doing ads on fucking Fox. Because my wife watches a lot of Fox. And it's an ad. BlackRock. But they go by that whole... And I, my brain's foggy. Sorry. That's why you saw me take another pain med. I'm a little hurting right now. They, they are for all that... Equity and inclusion and fucking saving the planet bullshit. And that's how they invest their money. And they try to crush small companies that don't buck to the trends and go with it. See, we thought in 2016 we stopped Obama. Most of us, and I won't say everybody listens to the show because I don't know what you all think. But the majority of people I know, we didn't, I mean, we liked Trump. It was fun to watch somebody go like this and go back and not give a fuck because they had fuck you money. That was cool. 
But when you really break it down, we didn't want him to be president. He was a fucking game show host. He was a baboon. It gets funny, but it gets tired. That's what 36 years of my... I, my wife thinks I'm funny, but she's tired of me. You see what I'm saying? It just gets old. I'm old to her. And there are times she's like, can you go podcast? Like today. But we didn't want eight more years of transgender bathroom shit that he did in his last year. And sending money all by himself to fucking Iran. And selfie or, or pen and Blackberry writing laws. So we voted for something else. But what we didn't understand is he had infected everything. He wasn't stupid. While they were writing million fucking goddamn regulations that took four years of Trump to unwrite, he got millions of people into those positions to write those regulations. And they stayed. You know, people talk about the deep state, and it sounds like it's Alex Jones crazy shit. It's not the deep state. It's the federal government. And the federal government is completely woke. That's why you see NASA, trailer park boys, talking about the first black woman on the moon and we got to spread Muslim shit. That's why HHS and DHS did the get the parents, they're terrorists. That's why the entire apparatus of the federal government has never gone after Jane's revenge. They know exactly who did those fake clinics, as that racist said, who's in the DOJ. I didn't show her picture. You know who she is. That's why nobody went after Antifa, and for the summer of 2020, we watched cities burn and people die. Because they were all on board. The FBI, the field agents, are probably not fucking loony bins, but all the leadership is loony bin. All the leadership, the CIA, showing half fucking Panamanian, Muslim, one-legged, freckled, ginger motherfucker is in the CIA, and you can be too. He did more damage than we ever thought, and it was all because people thought Mormons were crazy. I didn't like Romney. I thought he was a fucking card, but he was more of a cardboard cardboard cutout than Al Gore. But after four years of Obama, I was smart enough to know this motherfucker is a Trojan horse. He comes in with, "There's no red America, there's no blue America, there's just America." Nose up. He was dangerous, and in eight years, he destroyed us. Trump gets in, there wasn't shit Trump could do. Now remember that the President of the United States in two years has done rent moratoriums, excused two to four billion dollars worth of student debt with a pen. And then the moment Hobbes became governor reversed a state's law by just building the wall out of mill vans so more of their illegal aliens could come in. Now over 4 million entrants. Just with a pen. 
spending money. But Trump tried to reallocate money from a defense budget to pay for the border, and they blocked them. Trump tried to stop people coming in from China. It was called a racist. Biden does it. The media don't even report on it. Trump couldn't take a fucking shit without somebody seeing it, which is why I remember talking to my boss in New York and explaining why I was going to vote for Trump. It wasn't because I like Trump. It's because it would stop the left, and we know everything he did. The media would be up his ass with a flashlight. But they didn't let him do shit. Nothing. And then the moment he left office, they just rewrote everything. Even if it was good policy, they just got rid of it. Everything but what Trump did. And that's how they rolled. But it's everywhere. I mean, in 2024, God willing, we'll get a decent candidate. I like DeSantis. I'm not going to wear a DeSantis shirt. I'm not going to be a cult member and have a fucking figure in my purse. Well, I don't carry a purse, but you know what I'm saying. But it won't change a whole lot unless he walks in there and fires everybody. I'm talking to everybody. The only way we fix our country and get back to the middle is to wipe Washington out. All of them go away and we start from scratch. Because Obama has wokeified everything. The Defense Department, General Milley, talk about it every podcast. That is my thesis. If you want to see how bad our government is, General Milley, an officer who's not supposed to be political, is so political, and he's openly, verbally political, yet if you were conservative and you were a four-star general, you'd get fired. That's how bad we've gotten. Equity and inclusion in the USMJ. UCMJ, sorry. They're going to overhaul the UCMJ. So basically what it's going to say is if you're black and you murder somebody, you get a lesser sentence than a white person. When it used to be, go to Leavenworth, make big rocks, small rocks. It was everybody. It didn't matter if you were a two-dicked woman. UCMJ didn't matter. Review boards on NCOER. So now blacks who already got proportionally promoted more than whites because of equity under Clinton era rules where they race reviewed the promotion list and guys like me got bumped twice. Factual dude friend there heard my name twice in the good column got bumped. Now they're going to get more just because they're skin color. It won't matter in war because bullets don't give a fuck if you're a, you suck dick, have a dick, or are a dick. They're bullets. The enemy doesn't care about this shit. China doesn't give a fuck. Russia doesn't give a fuck. All the boogeyman's in the world don't give a fuck about equity, inclusion, transgender rights, CRT. They don't fucking care about the planet. Why do we in the military care? Why is the FBI as political as the DNC? 
half the time you turn on CNN, it's a guy from the FBI talking who's now a pundit and sounds like a weird blue check liberal Twitter influencer. I mean, it's fucking scary. They all came from the FBI. We're not going to fix it. That's why me, a guy who is having a really emotional time with the realization today that I love where I live and it feels like it's part of my soul now because I realized for the last six years I haven't traveled. And for the first time, even though I've had roots here since 1997, it's like, whoa, I really love this place. All off a stupid song from a show. Weird, but it's just some kind of revelation. States' rights are going to mean more than ever. State rights. It is like we're reversing back to Civil War era that it's just so important to have state rights. Because our federal government is always going to be overstepping every liberal administration we're going to get. They're going to overstep. It goes back to the abomination one more time. My son, who owns a house behind him, what's there now? Oh, they leveled some buildings and they put Section 8 apartments. So his neighborhood sucks. Where I live, too. They already have two Section 8 apartment complex pulling in. Because if you don't have Section 8 housing in your area, you don't get federal fucking funds. That's how he wrote it. Your electricity's going up because if you don't have clean coal or you have green energy interlaced, you get punished. And now they want to ban gas cars by 2035. They want a quarter or more of your energy to be green. We don't have 500,000 goddamn gas stations in America. We're going to have 500,000 charging stations in America. When we just maybe got to 8% of the population is driving green cars. And then they realize it takes a week to charge your truck. A week. Because you can't put fast charge at your house. You can only go 240. And it's. Five to ten kilometers an hour. I researched. They want to push tranny rights down to schools. They want all this stuff because it benefits them politically. They don't care about the damage and the carnage and all the shit. Not like Republicans do. But the left don't give a fuck what it does to your family. They don't care if it ruins that kid forever. And they never reproduce. They're the same people saying we're overpopulated. We need to get rid of one billion people. I played it on the show. They want all this shit. And they're going to keep shoving it down like a plunger into your life. And without states writing laws like allowing me to have this fucking AR right here. I'm in a safe zone for ARs. You won't have an AR. You won't own a goddamn pistol. They'll ban the fucking magazine. Standard magazines, 12. 
for a fucking Smith & Wesson M&P 9 mil? It's illegal to them. He just talked about it. And that's how we fight a government that is going to be pushing more and more. The more liberals are in charge, it's just going to be Obama on crack. That's why they want to keep Biden. All this talk about they're getting Biden out and it's the deep state and they're going to run Newsom. No, Biden's perfect. Newsom has a mark on him. Everybody fucking already knows he's a libtard. Grandpa Biden can sit in front of a teleprompter with an old man face and tell you the most heinous shit that's ever come out of a president's mouth. Campagno nailed it. It is heinous. In my lifetime, I've never thought a president would say what he's saying. Because it's none of the federal government's business. But since Obama, they've made it. You know, it goes back to gay marriage. Gay marriage was a big deal. And a lot of people didn't realize how big it was because we don't give a fuck. I don't care if you marry your wife that you've been with forever and you're a woman. I just don't fucking care. But why was it important? Well, the federal government from the bench rewrote state laws. Marriage has nothing to do with the federal government. Nothing. Neither does abortion. There are no measures in our Constitution, Bill of Rights, for the government to squeeze in the 14th Amendment that you have the right to kill a baby when it's alive. That's called murder. They never even envisioned that shit. They never envisioned taking your kid's penis off and making it a vajayjay. That was never something they thought about. But they squeezed it all from the bench. They then took the ACA and made it Attacks from the bench. And everybody said, well, that's good. Fuck them conservatives. But they didn't realize that they were already overstepping. And then when it happened to them and the federal government from the Supreme Court took it back to states, they lost their shit. And they talked about court packing. But they do it every day up there. They're writing regulations, rules and laws for how you're going to live your life. And it's all going to be tied to the things that states need. Money. Don't do this. You don't get money. And eventually every state will buckle. And they'll have to. So when the left's talking about civil wars and we need to do this and blah, 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 blah. And they use that Confederate state shit. They're not that far off. The Civil War in two different thoughts was states wanting rights, yes, to own slaves, but it was going to ruin their commerce. And then Lincoln made it about slaves. It was never just originally about slaves. They were sick of the federal government telling them what the fuck to do. So they pushed back. I don't believe we'll ever be in a civil war. But we're fighting one right now. So for me, I don't really give a fuck about president anymore. I don't care about senators. I don't care about congressmen. 
The old adage, all politics is local, is how I look. And the most important thing I can do with my vote every fucking four, two to four years is to take my fucking ass in there and vote, sadly, Republican to block the left from overtaking my state. Because if the state is run by Democrats, all bets are off. Poor Matt in Oregon and Big Sis in Colorado are fucked. They're in states that they've rewritten the districts that liberals will never lose. And they'll always be under liberal rule. And someday their states will be like California. Bankrupt handing out millions of dollars to black people just because they're black. Because of racism and shit. Being sanctuary states, paying the travel and the accommodations, food and board, and the abortion for other states' residents. Being a sanctuary state to bring your kid in here and chop its cock off when they're seven. Local is how we win. Because, like I said... In my humble opinion, unless we take everybody in Washington and hand them a pink slip, we'll never, ever get our country back to the middle. It'll always be left because Obama seeded hell for liberties, rights, entrusted in us by our God, not the government. So that's a long ass rant, but I've been sitting on it. And I'm in a lot of pain, so sorry. This wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Share with the family friends. Go to FOP Podcast at SoundCloud. I almost fucked up. Flyover Politic K. Rumble 482-467. Need glasses. And send an email to foppodcast at gmail.com. Tell me to go fuck myself. We're going to go with our next show on Wednesday. Wednesday, 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 Wednesday. And I don't know what date that's going to be. The 25th? Hell yeah, 25 January, year of our Lord, 2023. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yes. I'm going to do some more on uh, Fort Irwin. Probably finish it today. So walk 11, I believe. I think it's block 11, walk 11. Let's make sure I'm not talking out my butthole. Walk 11 should be up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, walk 11 should be up uh, by tonight. Um, I'm going to go outside, finish it. I did about 18 minutes yesterday just walking in the yard, getting some steps in, and then I'll finish the rest of it today. And then um, with no further ado, I think I'm going to do a series on civilian life. Um, less to chronicle you know, it for my family, who's probably the only people listening to it, if they are, um, more for veterans. Um, the transition to civilian life, anybody who's been with the show, you know, there's a couple listeners that I know out there, they've listened to every damn show. It was very difficult. It's a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be because you are institutionalized. So making that transition to normal people who don't give a fuck and not having a mission was very difficult for me. Um, I found it really hard. So I want to chronicle some of that and relive some good memories with U.S. Cav, which was a good 11 years of my life, um, the wandering years, and uh, that'll be it on that series. And then I'll just turn it into more of just 
walking with an old man, pick a couple subjects and just bump my gums every once in a while on the GoPro because uh, it is still shitting in high cotton, man. I could turn that thing on with my phone. The quality's better than this um, Logitech, which is, I've actually thought post, post when I'm done with this, I'm probably just going to turn the camera here into the GoPro and tape these shows on the GoPro because the quality is way better. And um, the file size is about the same, so it doesn't really matter. I can just do the each little segment and then take it off with the card, shove it in here, and we're good. Um, so I keep using it because it is the, the, the fanciest gift I've ever gotten. But when I go back through the chronicle of gifts, my big sis has always been there for my hobbies, which I love her to death for. I mean, she got the blue mic, which doesn't work anymore because I broke that shit by using the shit out of it. Uh, got me the GoPro and even bought me graphite pencils for my drawing now because I've been doing a lot of drawing. So Big Sis is just uh, a sweetheart. Every time I come up with a new hobby, she's there uh, sending me something to make me get more creative. Uh, it does help. Uh, if I have any advice on illness, long illness, whatever, these little things I do, and I should have done more podcasts even when I was super sick. I just should have taken them down. They really help you when you're going through a long, uh, painful ordeal because it gets your mind focused. I must have drawn about a 300, 400 photo pictures by now. Didn't even know I could do it, but I just started drawing characters, and I give them to the wife every night, and she laughs about them because she's really surprised I do so well. Um, I can't draw intricate shit, but I can do little characters. Fred Flintstone, shit like that. For some reason, I have an eye for it, and I just look and draw it. It's weird. Uh, but it takes my mind off. So for a couple hours, just sitting drawing, you don't think about it. A couple hours doing podcasts. The walks started with I just didn't want to vomit. But then they became focal points. Like I could put on a podcast. I go, go out for an hour, walk for 45, 48 minutes, and I'm not thinking about anything about how shitty I feel or how life sucks right now. Um, it really helps. So that's why I'd like to carry the series on because there were many things that helped, but probably the biggest thing that helped me through my transition and through the really bad years of layoffs and just scary times, even now at my age, because I want to go back to work and it's difficult to get picked up um this podcast yeah it, it might get ten thousand listens a year and it, it's never gotten huge there's been a couple episodes 400 people have listened to but it was for some reason i don't know what what made people listen to it it, it never got big but it gave me a hobby and i would try every two weeks to get out in the lake and fish and get my self-centered bring the phone but it didn't have cell coverage and listen to a podcast drink some coffee smoke a Liga Pravada cigar never really catch, catch a lot of fish but it would just get my head right and refocus but twice a week even on the road I would do this podcast and I was miserable you know I, I didn't like being away from the wife I hated hotels I don't like waffles. That's what it smells like. 
And I would get on this mic and just talk about things. And not all the time was a great quality. It took forever until I got a good microphone and a good camera and be able to process this. And it's not, you know, daily wire level, but it's pretty good for a Bush League podcast. I'll knock on, I'll, I'll pat my back. It's not bad. Um, but it gave me something to take my mind off of who the fuck am I? Where am I going? And trying to replace something that was your life. The military is not a job, it's a life. And then all of a sudden it just ends. And you're very much like people coming out of prison. You don't know what to do. Your skill set, specifically mine, 20 years as an infantryman, is security guard, policeman, or hitman. Or go back over and do the same job as a contractor. But I didn't want to carry a gun anymore. It wasn't that I had problems with killing or any of that shit I just I wanted to try something that didn't involve weapons and blowing shit up and God knows I never thought I'd do retail I mean what the fuck so it was a really tough tough transition so I look forward to doing those um, as much as I'm enjoying talking about the military um, today's will be a tough one. I'm going to address the loneliness, alcoholism, and uh, just being lost, which is a tough subject to talk about. But for those specific to the last year, 2004 to 5, um, I wasn't healthy mentally. I, I, I realized I, I'd gone past loneliness and gone to a place you're not supposed to be. That's why that movie Rectify or that series <clears throat> really hit home for me. Um, I can't equate it to death row, but I did fully um, <clears throat> identify with being in a box because I lived in a very small trailer. And you spend a whole day just leaving to go work out and come back in a small trailer by yourself. It does something to you over time. It mentally does something to you. Um, I used to joke it was the Rambo scene. We would have five-day breaks, and I would never talk to a person other than thank you for a towel at the gym to which they didn't reply because they were on headphones. So I wouldn't converse with another human for five, six days. And for most people, that's not healthy. For me, it was very unhealthy. So these will be some tough combos um, if I get it done in one. But until then, I thank you all for listening. Uh, I stayed true. I said I tried to get to Sunday, and I did. So we got a podcast, and we'll go with the next one on Wednesday. Until then, thank you, as always, for listening, and y'all take care.